0: that we are going to recite it was pronounced by the Buddha himself when almost as if when the Buddha is thinking well I'm a fully enlightened being I am the one that everyone prostrates to to whom can I prostrate and the Buddha is telling you who is worthy of a Buddha's prostration so that think of that while you're reciting that verse it's that which takes you out of samsara, that which takes you into perfect enlightenment. That's what you're prostrating to.
1: Okay.
2: I prostrate to the mother of the of the three times, that perfection of wisdom, indescribable by words or thoughts, which does not arise, that does not cease in nature, Subjects belong to individual so subjects subjects aware. In the individual subjects' awareness. Language of India,
0: century. Arya.
1: is
2: Similarly, there is no suffering, no cause of suffering, no cessation of suffering, and no path. There is no ultimate wisdom, there is no attainment, and there is no lack of attainment. Because of the lack of shadow since there is no attainment, what is upon us abide, relies upon the
1: perfection of wisdom. Because they abide their minds
2: have no obscuration. past, beyond error, there are the ultimate nirvana. honor. All the leaders
0: who abide in three times are also voting directly to the highest. The completely perfected, very enlightened, relies on the perfection of wisdom. Therefore, the mantra of the perfection of wisdom, the mantra of the vast, awareness, the highest, of the mantra, the mantra is equal to that which has no equal, the mantra that pacifies
2: all suffering, because it is not false nor to be true. The mantra of the perfection of wisdom is proclaimed, Tadi Haritha, Gatte Gatte, Paragatte, Parasam Gatte, Uwadi Saha. O Shari Kuchwatu, O a great priest of to train us in the profound perfection of wisdom. Therefore, the Buddha Bhagavan emerged from
1: that Samadhi and declared to the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the, the, the exalted
2: Avalokiteshvara. that he had spoken well, well, well said, well said, well son of the lineage. It is just as so, it is just that, just as beautiful as well, so should one practice the profound perfection of
1: wisdom. And only I,
2: and all of our Tathakata, God has spoken to the Renewable Shadokutra and the Rehsadra, the Grave Rehsadra, who exorted to follow the sure. Shodra, together with the entire assembly, as well as the rest of the world, with gods, humans, demigods, and spirits, filled with
1: Shodra, I would praise for the Buddha. and the
0: Either distract us, think about them, and think about getting rid of them.
2: I prostrate to the gathering of gathines in the Bhumi Chakras, chakras, chakras oh, who oh, abide in the holy oh, yoga oh, of using oh, space. space. I am a powerful and magical magician. Yes. Look after your mother and child. Santa Rosa. So, uh, by the teachings of the the three three supreme jewels possessing the power of truth, may inner and outer hindrances
1: be transformed.
0: Whatever sense of dissatisfaction that you're experiencing in life, this was spoken specifically to help you to deal with that. So, for most of us, every day is a there's some sort of dissatisfaction that happens throughout throughout the day. And of course, for some of us, maybe uh, you know. Some, some one thing might go well for a little while. but, after, but for most of for, mo- for, for most of the time, it's always some sort of struggle, some sort of something, something that you have to struggle it, struggle with, some sort of dissatisfaction. It's either something that is very personal to you that no one else knows about. It could be something that's happening to someone that you love, that you find yourself powerless. To Thing that is experienced, at least to put it mildly, in a some, some way dissatisfying, some sort of dissatisfaction. And we search our minds, we search uh, everywhere, we search the environment, we ask friends, we look into books, where can we find a solution? that we are experiencing is not just something we made up in our minds, it's not just while we are thinking this way and say oh there's a problem there while we are thinking about it. It's something that you are forced to experience. Okay. So the solution must be something that helps you in a real way to deal with it. Not just some, some, some escape somewhere where you have uh, like a little vacation for some time and then you have to go back to the real world as they say. But something that really helps you deal with it in a way that is as practical and as, uh, as uh, tangible as when you're hungry and you have something to eat and the, the thing that you eat actually takes away the, the, the hunger. You want this solution to deal with this problem in the same way, to actually take it away. Okay. Now if you become very uh, very concerned about this, and it's something that is really troublesome to you something and you really really want to Uh, long, very long distance to go hear a proposal to a, to a solution to, to, the, to their problem. Uh, it wasn't, it's not like you spend five minutes looking for something on the internet. It's not, it's not that kind of a long time kind of a thing. They would travel for days to get to, to, get, to, get to the place. Okay. Why did they do this? Because the condition, they couldn't stand the condition that they were living in couldn't stand the condition of their existence. And when you really see the condition of your, of your existence and you really see the parts of it that are, are you just can't bear anymore, then no matter where the solution is, the, whenever, no matter where the proposal for the solution is, is, uh, is to be found, you're not, you're not concerned about uh, the difficulty of getting there. Because the only thing that you're concerned about is getting to that solution. Because the problem is really something that you want to get rid of. It's not just something that, you, that comes sometimes that you don't mind. It's not like a, a, a guest in your house that sometimes bothers you and you're thinking, well, eventually that person will go away so I can put up with that person for some time. No, this is, a, this is, some, this is something that's with you constantly. Okay? And it's not with you constantly in the sense of 24 hours a day, but constantly, constantly with you, constantly with your, in your life sometimes you, it seems like it's, it's gone, sometimes it seems like it's, it's, uh, it's not with you for a few hours, maybe uh, sometimes even for a, few, for a few days sometimes you might be lucky that you might get a little uh, vacation for a year or so but eventually it comes back and you can't, there is this taste in your, in, in your mouth uh, this taste of dissatisfaction you reach a point where you just can't you, you are desperate to achieve some sense of satisfaction, and you can't seem to find it. And you search, f- and you search for that solution that would give you that sense of satisfaction. Only when you can appreciate your own con- your own situation can you really start thinking about now other people's uh, situations, other other people's conditions and have, uh, only then can you sincerely and genuinely have a sense of compassion for them. Of course, on your way to that compassion, in your way to that concern, you will have taste of it. You will have compassion for those who are close to you. You will have compassion for those who are nice to you. And every once in a while, if after some hard training, after some hard thinking, you might be able to extend this compassion, this concern for someone who is a, a stranger. Okay, But eventually, when you, when you see that you're not the only one who is caught up in, in this uh, condition of dissatisfaction, that almost everyone that you encounter, you sense their sense of dissatisfaction. You sense that they are also experiencing this same kind of problem, at least, same kind of problem, but eventually some kind of problem, some kind of problem. And you become disgusted with this condition, then you become very determined. To get to the solution. When you start thinking about applying, changing your behavior, changing how you relate with your environment, how, to, how you relate with others, not just uh, in your mind, not just when you're sitting down meditating, but in your everyday interaction, you want a change to take place and you start to implement changes in your behavior, changes in how you relate, then you will start to experience transformation starting to to take place. But the path itself must not be something that you You do only when you're sitting on your cushion. You mustn't be a bodhisattva only when you're sitting on your cushion. You must be a bodhisattva 24 hours a day. You must be be, uh, concerned about uh, the condition of the satisfaction of everyone you encounter, no matter how they are relating to you, no matter doesn't matter if they're being nice to you, doesn't matter if they're being nasty to you. you your your sole concern is that you see th- this awful condition. If if they're being nasty to you, then you blame it on the condition, even more. So if it wasn't for this condition, this person wouldn't uh, be, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be so nasty. Okay, and if you encounter someone who's nice and who's experiencing some, some sort of difficulty, say, oh, why should this nice person experience these difficulties? So whatever you encounter, no matter how people relate with you, it becomes fuel for you to, for you to uh, stay more firmly on the path. It becomes more fuel for you to be more determined to actually get to the, to the solution. Okay. Now, last week we sort of talked about what the solution is supposed to be can only really appreciate this as a solution if you understand the problem, the cause of the problem. If you can really, if you can really uh, at least intellectually, formulate that. I mean, if you start from, I have a problem, something very conventional, okay. And immediately you, you start thinking about the solution. You start thinking about, okay, what can I do? That is because deep within you, you understand that this problem is something that can be changed. That's why you automatically start thinking about how do I get rid of this problem? Okay, It's because of this, uh, this fundamental wisdom that we have. If we encounter a situation that is unwanted, automatically we think it can change and we start looking for the solution. And if we apply uh, something that is presented as a a solution either through our own thinking or someone suggested to us if it solves the problem then we think that okay we have found a a solution if it doesn't solve the problem then we think oh this particular solution this is not a solution to the problem the solution must be somewhere else now why do we go looking for a solution somewhere else why don't we just stop there and just give up and say well I guess this problem has no solution I'm stuck with it but somehow, we think that, you no, know, the solution, I'm, I just haven't found the solution yet. And this happens to us very automatically when we think that the solution is something that is manageable. But when we think that the solution is that manageable, we sort of give up. We sort of become fundamentally dumb. Here we were, we were fundamentally smart, fun- fundamentally wise, thinking that, oh, there's a solution to this problem, let me go find it. But all of a sudden we think that somehow this particular problem is something something not quite connected to the universe. Somehow we have discovered a miracle. A miracle, something completely different to anything else that exists that we have encountered. This thing has no solution. And we try now to cope. How do I cope with this? How do I live with this? And you try. You try to live. You try to cope but something within you still nags you. Find the solution. Even though you try very hard to convince yourself that, sorry, there is no solution. This problem is is a very special problem. This is the the only problem in the universe that exists that doesn't have a solution. And I am such a powerful being that I've actually encountered such a unique phenomenon then we don't actually see that this, this strange thing that we are doing in our mind. And so we, we sort of have the two things happening in our mind. Let's cope with this, and on a part of uh, our mind saying, let's find a solution. To the point where we think that my problem now is not the problem, my problem is thinking, some part of me thinks that there's a solution.
1: <laughs>
0: so some part of I think that the problem now that I'm experiencing is not the problem that I wanted a solution for, it's me thinking that there's a solution. I have to get rid of this thing in my mind that thinks that there's a solution. So we have to get into a place where we complete we are in complete compliance. We have to get to a place where we are we are we just accepting as they are and that they cannot change. And then the spiritual path becomes, for some of us, the means of getting to the ultimate place of coping. And you have to be very careful with that. Because sometimes we even think that Buddhahood is the place of ultimate coping. That is not what the Buddha meant when he pointed to Buddhahood as a a goal. It meant complete absence of whatever problem that you're, you're dealing with. Okay. And how do you get to that place? Then I was trying to get to how do we get the problem. So if you notice that when we are when the problem comes, and then automatically we think, let me find a solution. So somehow we think that there is something that we can do to fix the problem. And if we don't do that thing, and then whatever we are doing that is not that thing, that, is like, uh, that itself becomes... So it's like applying the wrong, solu- the wrong solution to the problem is itself a problem. Okay. So we already have this fundamental wisdom that there are applications that are not solutions and then to apply those applications that are not solutions is itself further problem and not only are they further problem they exaggerate the problem that we already have so to c- this applying a solution Or this stubbornness of applying a solution that is not that that doesn't make sense. Applying something that is not a real solution, we call that ignorance. Okay, so that is our problem. It's not that we are not looking for solution to this problem that we I've mentioned earlier. This thing that nags at you, that comes back, that goes and comes back, and for sometimes it's 24 hours a day. Sometimes it's years. You're, it's it's just there, twenty four hours a day, and sometimes it seems to give us a little vacation, but it comes back anyway because we didn't really deal with it. Okay, it's not that we're not looking for solution to it; it's just that we keep applying the wrong solution. Okay, so we have to stop applying the wrong solution. We have to look at the wrong. We have to look at the solution that we are applying so that we stop applying it because it's not solving the problem. Okay, and then we have to sort of think in an almost radical way. By radical that means we have to really stop ourselves from the habit of applying wrong solution. And we have to think radical. Okay so far I've been applying all these 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 these, these solutions. So what is it that makes me go for these wrong, uh, wrong uh, solutions? I have to put a stop to that. And I have to think radically. I have to think drastically. The answer that I'm looking for must be something very radical, radical to the normal way I'm th- that I think every day. Okay. Now, not radical in a sense of outrageous. You know, uh, some, these, uh, some solutions can be radical and very sound, very beautiful, but they're not solutions at all. They're just radical and look beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh it doesn't, doesn't have any beauty to it, but like one solution of uh, that people used to think way back then, ra- even around the time of the Buddha, that uh, if you jump from a cliff at a certain height, and then uh, if you, know, you had a spear waiting for you, you, know, you jump head down, and if the spear hits you right in the center of your head, then you'll reach liberation. Now, this is radical. <laughs> <laughs> but there should be something in your experience that tells you. I don't think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the solution must be radical, but must, it mustn't completely go against uh, common sense. Okay, it must be something that you really haven't applied yet. No, in no, in no, in no uh, uh, certain. Uh, What's that term? In no uncertain... No, no. In no uncertain... What? In no <laughs> uncertain terms? And for some reason, these things just don't come out. <laughs> in no uncertain terms, should it be something that contradicts your common sense? Okay? It doesn't mean that it's something that you've encountered before. It could be something that you never encountered before. Like, for example, what happens when very sharp object hits you at a certain velocity? What happens? Yeah, usually you end up (laughs) bleeding, you end up with more suffering. You end up with more of the stuff you're trying to get rid of. So if someone suggests something to you that you've had some connection with, of course you you haven't had the experience of having a spear, you know, uh, go through the crown of your crown of, of your head, you know, at at you know at 40 miles an hour. But you can sort of, you know, extrapolate.
1: <laughs>
0: you had a, a a needle maybe sting you. You had some 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 sharp object has given you a taste of what will happen if if this thing, if the situation w- 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 were to occur, okay? So if someone comes to h to you and suggests something like that to you, something that you've somewhat experienced, not fully experienced, but you can sort of extrapolate, okay? Now, you have to take, uh, take into consideration what the Buddha, I mean the Buddha is, is, the idea of seeking liberation is not something new. It's not something that only the Buddha uh, uh, went after. There, are other, there were beings before the Buddha who claimed to have achieved it, and they've, they've uh, laid the foundation. They live; the, they uh, set aside teachings. Uh, uh, this is how I did it. This is the, this is my, my, the path that I tra- uh, travelled. Some of them were still alive who have claimed who claimed that, and then they, they they were teaching, and there were some who claim that this particular state is the state of liberation, and there are some who are claiming like completely uh, ridiculous things, like uh, there was this uh, uh, the sage, who was considered a sage actually, who said that if you act like a dog, I mean, completely act like a dog, as if you're you know, a physical dog, walk on all fours. And actually, I think that practice still exists. Because I, uh, I was looking at, you know, Sadhu, and, uh, Google Sadhu, and I saw this the picture of this person who actually was walking on all fours. And that person uh, did something to, to, his, to his legs where you see that his legs were, uh, were uh, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he would use actual metal, if he would use some sort of uh, uh, cloth or something, but it, it looked like it's been like that for like maybe a, a decade or so. Like he you know, bent his legs so he can be walking on just his knees no, oh sorry, so his uh, foot wouldn't touch the, the ground. So his foot was like this, and then to make sure it stays like this, it was bound. And you see that this part of the leg was like, no, what's that word? Atrophy. Atrophy. Yeah, it's like it was lifeless. So this person, and then of course this person, the only way he could get around was to walk mm-hmm. and walk wrong force. So somehow this teaching, this lineage, has remained pure. <laughs> it's okay. Up to this day, I mean, since the time of the Buddha, and up to today, no, well, no, iPhones and Google, <laughs> there are still these teachings going on where, you know, you want to reach liberation? Make yourself suffer. Like, you, like, unbelievable suffer. Then you can get rid of suffering. Make yourself suffer. Then you get rid of
2: suffering.
0: You might as well say, burn your hands. Eventually, you will not be able to burn your hand anymore. <laughs> okay. It's like, Okay. There won't be any hands left. <laughs> okay. So the solution must be must make sense. It must be. It mustn't be something that contradicts your direct experience. Okay. So if you look at the problem itself, the solution is there. So already we think that. The part of the problem is not knowing the solution and applying what is not the solution. Okay, so that's already leading to to, uh, to an understanding. So somehow there is a knowledge that we must get to. There is a knowing that we must come to know. It's not that. You go to work to a pharmacy and they you know, say, oh, wh- what's the problem, samsara, Oh wait, I got just a thing for you. <laughs> and somebody goes in the back, you know, makes some uh, things up and then say, oh, here, this cures samsara, okay? If you, somebody knows that pharmacy, please give me the address. <laughs> I've been looking for a long time. <laughs> okay. So, already you know it's a knowing that you must, you, you must have. You must have a, there's a knowing that you must have. So this solution must be some kind of knowing, some sort of knowledge, okay? Because what's part of the problem is a a misknowing, okay? So don't become discouraged that thinking, seeking to know something is the problem. That's just, sometimes it's just like, uh, you're so frustrated, you're so uh, discouraged I think spending so much time, so much effort in uh, looking for solutions and not finding it, you sort of, it's easy sometimes to become discouraged and thinking that there's just no solution. I just have to stop myself from this habit of looking for a solution. And that's a very sad state to be in, okay? You want to have the fire that makes you look for the solution? Keep looking at the problem. The problem itself will give you the fuel that you need, the fire that you need to make you look to make you look for the solution. That part of us, of course, it's natural. That, I mean, that's what the problem is—that which you don't want to encounter, that which you don't want to even look at. So when we have a problem, automatically we, want to, we don't want to look at it. But unfortunately, that doesn't make that doesn't make the problem go away. Okay. So stop, look at the problem square in the face. Square in the face.
1: Square in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, look at the problem. Square in the face. <laughs> okay, and you will—the emotion of wanting to uh, not encounter this problem—is natural. Let it, let it do its job. Okay, its job will force you to make it a priority to get rid of this problem. If you just, you know, run away from it, the problem is, you know, very happy, okay? Okay, I can go back, okay? The problem will be very happy with you, you. okay? And you will not have gotten rid of the problem. What you're actually doing is you're, you're just allowing the problem to gain more strength, to become even a worse problem later on it will multiply, it will get worse. So, look at the problem, squarely. And when the emotion, and it is is an emotion, when the emotion that makes you want to get rid of this problem becomes so acute that this emotion will help you get to the first path, the path of of, accumulation will get you to the first path and in addition to that if just seeing the problem and then seeing how it's not just you who's having this problem you have, to have sincere genuine at least in the beginning sympathy for others and the sympathy grows and become genuine compassion then you will have become a Mahayana uh, uh, a person, and you will have reached the first path. So it's not simply sit on your cushion, and one day you, one day you reach the first path. Every day when a problem comes up, look at it. Okay, don't run away from it. And for the, for the uh, what do you call that the uh, lojong kind of mindset with the idea of you know, uh, turning, uh, uh, turning problems into solutions. So that's in, in that sense, okay? When a problem comes, stay and look at it. In that sense, it becomes a path. Why? Because it nurtures the emotion that wants to get away from it, okay? And then this emotion will become a very one-pointed state of mind one day. That will, that will make you able to one day be able to see the true nature of reality, that will be able to make you one day get your hands on the solution. Okay. Yes? Did you say that the first path accumulation? Accumulation.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And what you're accumulating, you, know, you, uh, you hear, uh, it sounds too vague, you're accumulating merit. Well, to me it sounds too vague. <laughs> you're accumulating merit, okay. what, what, what does that mean? Okay, What you're really accumulating is the power to see the truth directly. That's what you're accumulating. So what you're accumulating is the momentum that will make you be able to see the truth, the true nature of reality directly. That's what you're really accumulating. And of course, in doing this accumulation, You start saying, "Wait a minute! This kind of habit is not helping me. I'm staying away from it." Okay. They call it virtue. (laughs) Okay. That's why they stuck the thing uh, merit in there. Okay. But if you're thinking, "Okay, I have to go accumulate merit," it's not going to help. Maybe um, for for a practical person, because because you know, go accumulate merit stays in the in the realm of of abstraction, and your problem is not. problem is real okay so the solution has to be real the path has to be real okay and your emotions are real so don't uh, don't stay away from them Okay. so accumulate the momentum by every day when a problem comes look at it and I'm not telling you go look go, go look out for problems
1: okay
0: <laughs> and of some uh, weird uh, understanding has gone out that the, from from somehow from the lojong tradition that says that if a problem comes you can make it into the path some people interpret that to mean let me go look for some problems <laughs> well if you're in samsara you don't have to go look for problems. <laughs> okay they, they come knocking at your door all the time okay some of them are you know they're on your bed. They're in your. they your kitchen. they
1: have
0: completely occupied your, your 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 house. Okay, so you do not go looking for them. They're only living with you. Okay, so. And when, uh, and if you for some reason, you don't see problems, rejoice. Okay, <laughs> they will be there around the corner.
1: They're hiding, <laughs> the, they're hiding under the bed,
0: <laughs> they're in the cupboards, you know. They're making you think that, oh, let, let's make this person think that he's no, there's no more problem. That the person can become lazy, the person can become, you know, uh, complacent. And so that we can, wh- when you become complacent and lazy, the problem gets more and more powerful. Kay. Okay, alright, so that's the path of accumulation. And in doing the path of accumulation, once this energy called uh, an energy, once this emotion has helped you get to bring your mind together that and then you're able to s- stay focused on trying to get to, to the solution to the point where the very wanting, the very looking for the solution becomes a very blissful activity. That's shine. (laughs) Okay? That's shamatha. Now if I just told you you in shamatha there are nine levels, then you say, oh yeah, and then you're just making making a nice book so you can put it on your shelf someday. Okay? No. This emotion, looking at the problem, wanting to get rid of it, and sincerely looking for the solution, and you, and you search everywhere, you listen to, to what, what people say, you, you read books, to, and you listen to what the books are saying, you are, you're in the path of accumulation. Okay. And eventually, your, your one-pointedness becomes so powerful, now you can, it can become a tool to help you actually get to the solution. Okay. And when you're able to one pointedly, blissfully look for the solution. Look at, look, look at the solution. At least intellectually. And then it becomes, then, then the solution itself becomes an emotion. Okay, yes, it does. And okay, some people might come and debate me, you know, oh, the solution is not an emotion, it's a mental state, what, what's an emotion? mental state, excuse me. <laughs> okay, so there has to be some emotional uh, uh, part to the solution. If there's no emotional, count, uh, not counterpart, it's an emotional, what is that, uh, uh, component, very good, thank you. If there is another emotional component, it's not the solution. Because a lot of where we are experiencing the problem is in the emotions. So there has to be a really deep com- uh, a strong emotional component to the solution. Okay. So when you're able to maintain your one-pointedness because of that emotion, and you're able to look at look engage in the search for the solution simultaneously, simultaneously then you have reached the second path the path of, what's that? Preparation. And why is it called the path of preparation? Because you're, getting, you're preparing yourself to actually take the medicine. Uh, what did we say in the book, in the thing, the elixir? <laughs> okay, now you're getting ready to really dive and really take hold of the, of the solution to your problem. And this has several phases. Okay. Uh, well, I go, if I go describe the subcategories of the path of accumulation, the subcategories of the path of preparation, da 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 da, da it's going to become too academic. And then you, you, I'm going to. It might be nice to hear, but it's going to lose that that uh, that emotional aspect of it. Just know there. Are subcategories, you you're close, you're very close, you're very, very close, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god, you're about to get there, (laughs) okay, Okay. these are the (laughs) subcategories, okay, so it's basically, uh, (laughs) okay, let's put this a little bit of uh, academia in there, you're, it's not, it's not that, you're not having any uh, any uh, perception any uh, view of the solution It's just that there is a, a gap there's a distance between you and the solution the gap of uh, direct experience okay that's what that's what you're closing in path of preparation you're closing the gap so your understanding of the solution must have been. Very, very, very clear at the very beginning. You must have had a very clear understanding of what the solution should be before you, uh, as you're in the path of what is called the path of preparation. And as you get closer and closer to it, then you start to lose what is, is called the duality, the experience of duality and you're closing that gap, closing that gap, closing that gap, and there are more and more so- so subtle states of duality that you go through. And there are states of duality that uh, you experience even as a non-duality. And you have to be very careful of, 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 those, of those states because it's not the actual taking of the medicine yet. It's like you know, the medicine is in a, a spoon and you can bring it closer and closer and closer to you. If you stop right here, you're not gonna, it's not going to cure you even though it is very close, even though you can smell it, even though you can almost taste it, it is still not taking the medicine. Okay. And what you do is you take this momentum, this emotional momentum, and you direct it towards a very vivid, I want to know, I want to get to the solution. In the book it is called analyzing. but calling it analyzing doesn't really help, okay? It's really holding on to the emotion, I really wanna know this. And just holding on to this emotion will help you with all those uh, so-called meditational problems that, that they describe in a books. If, if it stays at the level of, you know, what's that one call, what's that one call, okay, this is the, uh, the third obstacle, this is the fourth obstacle, this is the fifth obstacle, this is the uh, subcategory of the fifth obstacle. It just remains something, it remains purely scholastic, okay? All that is, it's getting a momentum of intense curiosity because you're intensely wanting to know to get to the solution and that intense curiosity, you do it with a very open mind. It's not like, I want the solution to be this. Let me make it this. You're very open. I have no idea what the solution is. So far, the solutions that I've applied have not, have not really, really been solutions. So be open. And the openness is, is, is presented uh, when the Buddha himself made the declaration and this was really, we have to sort of understand the context where the Buddha made this declaration. It was at the time when people were sort of glorifying the, the self in a very, very, very sophisticated, very sophisticated ways, and they were uh, presenting the self as some, some incredible, uh, this incredible thing that you go, that, that somehow it, it can be found. That's the thing. This incredible thing that somehow can be found, and they were just giving uh, uh, descriptions and characteristics. It's like this. It's like this. It's like that. Okay, and then this was like, it was it was like uh, consider uh, at least for the for the for the for the Western world, consider somebody bringing uh, something that oh this is this is religion. And as far as the West is concerned, in order for it to be called religion, there must, there must be one element in there for it to be called religion. And for that one element to be that, could be, could be completely absent in what the person is proposing. Okay. So all the uh, so-called spiritual practices that, w- that were being presented at the time of the Buddha were somehow cons- concerned about this already uh, accepted description of the self. And the Buddha's openness was, maybe this description of the self is not, is not real. Not that the Buddha be, uh, began by saying, well, this is not real. I'm going to prove it's not real. But he opened to the idea, maybe this is not real. So completely open your, op- open your mind. It's Okay. So that's the kind of openness that you must have with that intense wanting, intense curiosity of wanting to know, what is this? What is the solution? So eventually you close the gap where there is an experience in your mind where the sense of there is me looking at the solution disappears.
1: Okay? There is a sense
0: not that there is there is a sense in the experience that there is no there is not a sense of a me looking at the solution, the only thing that is experienced at that time is just there exists the solution. Okay. In order for you to get there, in order for you to get to this uh, state of non of non-dual, this level of non-duality, you must go just beyond the uh, uh, the part of the mind that conceptualizes. That's why it says that the the the, the wisdom resides above uh, a, conceptual, a conceptualization, okay? Like the part of us that uh, uh, describes things in terms of terms, in terms of words, in terms of making comparisons into things that we have seen before, okay? We have to go beyond that part of our mind and we have to experience almost bare, with a mind completely bare, with a mind not holding any kind of, 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 uh, of a concepts in it. We must we'll reach at that level. And you get there with, with intensely wanting to know and a very open mind. Okay, It's not by going through level one, okay this was level one, it's level two, now. What's level three, okay, looking for level three it's not going go, you not gonna get there with, with you thinking this way It's no oh, think that way when you're not when you're sitting down but when you're sitting down it's really just that intensely intense curiosity wanting to know okay uh, and what you have to be very open about is who am i i mean it sounds like a very cliche kind of question who am i and tense curiosity that you must have is you already have a conviction, not an idea, a conviction about who you are. You must take you must first find that conviction and then make that conviction prove itself to be what it is saying to be. Not with the intention of trying to this conviction. If you enter the meditation with the intent of let me destroy this conviction, you're not going to get there. You must take the conviction that this, this mm-hmm. conviction that you have within you, that this me actually exists, and I'm going to prove it. Otherwise, you're not going to have the impact that you you need to have when when you you completely lose all duality. There won't be any impact, it it won't have any effect on you, it will not bring about any transformation, you will still have your problem and not the solution. So once that duality is surpassed, and you have that direct experience, where there is a complete immersion, complete your being becomes the solution and at that moment you have gotten rid of some of your problems already and all you have to do is now keep going back into that experience and that's the fourth path the path of arbitration the path of meditation and eventually there won't be anything left to be removed and that will be the fifth path the path of no more learning and that's how that's exactly what Avurikiteshwara uh... did how that's how he answered question and that's what the hot sutra is actually guiding you okay you who have a problem and who sincerely wants to get rid of it and not only are you concerned about it about how it is in your life how you're experiencing it but you have a sincere concern for others and you have done this incredible brave uh, thing of making it your job to get rid of this problem for everybody I'm talking to you. This is how you do it. This is how you get rid of this problem. Okay. Be very concerned, be very emotionally involved, be very intensely curious about what is the nature of reality. What is the nature of this problem? What is the nature of you? Okay. So we got into the thing about how uh the reason why I will get to ask say even the five heaps are empty that is it. remember uh, your 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 homework was to find the possessor how many of you find the possessor I don't know. you try good
1: <laughs> okay
0: so after you find the possessor and you try to th- uh then y- your your job after that is to say, okay, let me prove that the possessor exists the way it exi- the way it appears to exist. Okay. let me prove it, and you sincerely sit down trying to prove it. Okay, and if you do that sincerely, very openly, then you will come up with, ah, it's empty of inherent existence. You will understand what that means. Okay, then start applying what after you've done that then you're ready to what uh, to apply what uh... is is uh, suggesting now you apply that same thing to the five heaps to the five parts that mix you up okay and the application is in the the next word. form is empty emptiness is form okay here okay a bit of uh... uh scholasticism a bit of uh... This is what is called the four applications. Tony Phijor. Okay, some people translate it as uh, in other ways. Okay, form is empty. Emptiness is form. Emptiness is not something other than its form. Form also is not something other than its emptiness. Okay. Here, this is merely intellectual. You're not going to have any direct perception of emptiness doing this. Okay. So, Avarukiteshvara uh, is giving practice, okay, while you're on the path of accumulation, this is what you should be examining, this is what you have an uh, intense curiosity about its nature about. Okay. Establish how, in re- using reason, how form is empty. Okay. And what does it mean that form is empty? Take anything that exists, anything that you experience, things that are pleasant, things that are unpleasant. There's something curious about them. At first, they appear to be overwhelming. They appear to be discreet. They appear to be concrete. They appear to actually sort of uh, holding on to their existence. They appear to be like self-generating themselves. appear to be that way. I mean, you don't see, like, uh, parent, child. You don't really see, like, uh, the umbilical cord, it doesn't stay, right? If the umbilical cord stayed, you know, then you say, oh, I see there's a connection between that and and those two over there. You wouldn't have to guess where, where, where that, the child, is coming from. But the child is existing in such a way that it seems not to be connected to the parents. It seems that way. And the mind bites into that, that, that appearance. Okay, so form is empty means anything that exists, whatever it is, whether it is emotional, whether it is mental, whether it is mat material. Okay, when you really, really look at it, even though it's it's right there in front of you, you can't find it. You can find it means what you what you. Ultimately, find is nothing. <coughs> what you ultimately find is nothing. But in in getting to nothing, it doesn't mean that you take a bunch of nothing together and then somehow it equals form. Okay, so that's not what it means. It means you're looking for form and nothing but form. Okay, that's what's appearing to you. Form. That's what's appearing to this problem. That's what's appearing to you. And when you look at it to see if it's really just form there, you find other things. You find non-forms. And eventually, you keep looking, you keep looking until you completely eliminate everything that's that's there, you still cannot find form. until Until you've exhausted everything that's appearing to you, telling you that's form, You must be first convinced that there is form, and you think that your conviction about form is something that is you know, on the surface. This is deep. Your conviction that this is form is, is there even when you're in deep sleep. You have to go to that deep level of where that conviction lies, and then you say, okay, there is form over there, and you go look for it with the conviction that eventually you're going to find it. And then you keep looking for it, you keep looking for it, you keep looking for it. Remember, there is form there, and you keep looking, and you're not finding form. You become hysterical at some point, because you're about to exhaust everything that is being presented to you, and you still can't find form, and you think you must be crazy, because you are seeing form. You cannot deny that there is form there, because, you know, it was used to slap you. <laughs> okay. And yet when you're looking for that thing that slapped you, you can't find it. When you really go look for it. Okay. So there is at some point within us a conviction that there is a real, really form there. And when you go really look for it, because that's what it says, I'm really there. So you go really look for it you can find it. If that's all you take with you tonight, that's all you really need when you're doing meditation, this very sophisticated thing called meditation on the true nature of reality. Okay, Something appears to you and you really look for it, completely open with the conviction that I'm gonna find it. When you really do that, tell me what emotion comes up when you do that search. Okay. So, uh, and the opposite of it is, uh, and the, uh, oh, okay, L- look at the, the two emotions. The emotion of fear that comes up because you're convinced there's this thing and you look for it with a conviction finding it the fear is because you've invested a lot of hope in this thing yeah this is how I'm gonna this is, this is my nirvana this is my, uh, this is my this is the key to, to ultimate happiness okay and if it's a problem I can really look at it because it's right there problems, And this is a, definitely a way to get to happiness. Okay, okay. Here's this thing that is promising you happiness, and you buy into it, and you and you uh, invest all your hope in it, and then you're looking for the happiness that it's supposed to give you, and you find absolutely no happiness in that thing, no real happiness in that thing. So. That you were convinced existed, and you are. Uh, I keep giving the, the example: no, boogeyman definitely in the closet, and these are the these these are the this is what the boogeyman looks like, and you're con- you're afraid to go to the closet because you're convinced that a boogeyman is there, and somehow you have some sort of of uh, of, uh, of uh, some sort of courage, and you approach the closet, you slowly open it, and you have this image of what the boogeyman is supposed to look like. And then you open, and when you open it, at first you don't see it. You have a sense of relief, but not quite. You haven't really exhausted all the uh, corners in the closet yet. And you keep looking, keep looking, convinced that there's gonna be a boogeyman in there. So you're ready to be, you know, you're scared to death. And yet, finally, you look in every single place where the boogeyman should have been, and you don't see the boogeyman. How do you feel? Leave. You feel completely relieved, you feel all that, the weight of that fear that kept you from going into the closet is gone. Okay. So you also, uh, uh, because in the beginning it's the hope of hope of happiness that we were really uh, uh, investing in, in things that really exist, because if they really exist, that means the happiness is really there not really there that means my happiness is not really there in, and the realness has to do with the sense of an emotion of being real okay so when you don't see the source of your happiness is not really there then you become afraid that you're not going to find real happiness why is that remember 24 hours for most part we're in problem we're in trouble we're looking for solution for our problem it's like oh the solution to my problem is not is not there the happiness that I'm looking for is not there. So fear comes to the point where some meditators, as they are approaching this truth, they, keep, they, they are exhausting this, exhausting that, and there's a few things left to be examined. They refuse to go further because the fear is becoming overwhelming because it's, it's coming to be more and more real that my happiness is not gonna be found. And this idea that my happiness is not going to be found is part of. It's that ignorance that's sort of taking over the the, 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 the journey. Okay, the, the ignorance that kept us in this in this uh, in this state of this condition of constantly being dissatisfied has taken over. So, and when it takes over, we're going to stay here. So if you don't actually exhaust at form to find out where is form really, we're not going to be free of this habit. We're not going to, maybe if, uh, even if you uh, have taken the path that there isn't really real happiness, my problem is that thinking that there's really happiness. There isn't really a solution to this problem, my problem is thinking that somehow there's a solution. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of times sometimes we find ourselves walking that kind of path because we are we feel that we've been disappointed too much maybe my problem is not just uh, not finding a solution my problem is thinking that is conv- being convinced that there's a solution to be found somewhere when it doesn't exist okay so once if, if we are approaching that sen- sense of that, that kind of a discouragement then even May find ourselves not wanting to go any further. And if you are finding yourself not wanting to go any further, if you find yourself re- developing actual fear, you're actually on the right path. Okay? So if you are doing meditation on the true nature of reality and emotion of fear, sincere emotion, I'm not talking about you make it up. Because, you know, you heard in the book or you read in the book somewhere, I'm supposed to have so I'm gonna make some fear happen. Oh yeah, I'm, and then try to make yourself feel that you're doing, you're doing some progress. I'm talking about sincere, genuine fear comes up. Know you are on the right path. What is afraid, you can put it in a Western psychological way. It's the ego, I don't have idea what that means, but for some reason, it, 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 it sounds nice. <laughs> The ego is afraid that it's about to die. It's a, or the ego is afraid that its non-existence is about to be discovered. Okay? And what do you have other than your ego? You have nothing else. It's the same kind of thing of uh, I'm so afraid of not existing that I prefer existing in a suffering way just so I can continue to exist. really say if you look for home really you're gonna come up empty so it's giving you it's giving you the, the answer okay but coming up empty must have a commo- emotional component to it when you come up empty there must be an emotion if there's no emotion you haven't found emptiness okay I've said that. okay instead yes just, just <coughs> to go back up about five or six minutes
1: okay use the term
0: The reason I'm I'm doing that is because the emotional impact of that. Right. I want you. You need to get to that emotional impact. I mean, the Buddha just uh, uh, said, uh, "Well, Avlokitschola, saying it because the Buddha talking to Avlokitschola." It just says it didn't say form. If you look at it for for real searching and you, sign out, you see, instead of seeing form, you see this, of that, and then eventually you find no form there. You find the thing the thing that you're looking for, eventually you don't find the thing you're looking for. Right? Okay, you would, everybody would have just gone home and said, oh yeah, no, I just had this nice talk with Buddha, and then he said, if you look at form, da, 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 But when, when you're holding on to your conviction, form is, and the Buddha, the person of authority, the person you came to, to, to establish, to tell you what is tells you everything you're holding on as is isn't this has a more profound more immediate impact on the listener than going through all the the the, 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 the analysis that leads to it so form is empty and it doesn't really matter in a sense if you come uh, well this, uh, this is not Gelupa about to say, somewhat, (laughs) Uh, it doesn't really matter whether you come up with there is no form whatsoever, because the form that you're holding on to that is really wasn't really there. So in a sense, it doesn't really matter. But the, 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 the point is, you're looking for form or whatever that's appearing to you that you're looking you're looking at, if We want to look at it really, and you end up at, after you've exhausted everything that's been presented to you, okay, it must be something that's been presented to you, everything that's been presented to you as being uh, where the form is, you've exhausted everything, you arrive at not seeing the form, and what is not seeing the form? like. It's nothing. That's what appears to you. It's the appearance. It's not that finally you arrive at, oh this is what form is made out of. It's this element called nothing. And you take a bunch of nothing together and then eventually you get form. That's not what it's saying. It's saying you do not see anything in there that is form You take something that appears and you look for it ultimately and th- what you end up, the, the perception that you have ultimately is, is, is the ultimate application. And now you go in reverse. How, did, how does this form, Is how is this form? How is it that there is form there? It's all those things that are not form coming together. That's how you get form. So emptiness is form. You could say a substitute emptiness with everything that's not form, that's form. Everything that is not form it's not anything, anything that is not form. So there's, uh, uh, this sentence, is, this phrase is very, very important. It's not anything that is not glass. Ah. Uh, it's not anything that is not Jerry. It's Tom, it's John. Uh-uh. Anything that is not Jerry is... Come on people, help me if I fall. Jerry, thank you. It's not just anything that is not John that is Jerry. Anything that is not John is John. Everything that is not form is form. Everything that is not hearing is hearing. So they must be connected to each other. Okay, so that's the next one. That's the next thing. So that's what emptiness is form is. That is, you couldn't have form if it wasn't for all those things that are not form coming together. The not forms coming together gives you form. The not-Jerrys come together give you Jerry. The not Johns come together give you John. So that's what emptiness is form is. Now, emptiness is not something other than its form. What what this is saying is, uh, those two things, Jerry and not-Jerry, form and not form, they need each other. without the other. You cannot have, you you cannot not have one and have the other. Did I say two different things there? You cannot have one and have the other. You cannot not have one and have the other. Or, and not have the other. Buddhists like to put double negatives out. (laughs) Okay. So they are saying that, and this is, sometimes people think of when you think oh when you say the ultimate they think that, oh there's this thing outside of existence not outside of the universe that's the ultimate and eventually I'm gonna get there and when you get there you leave uh, what is called the conventional behind okay you cannot have you you cannot have one without the other the only reason that there is the conventional is because the conventional is empty and the only reason that you can talk about emptiness is because of the conventional appearing to you. Remember, when you, how did you arrive at, oh, none of these things are form. I cannot find form here. How did you get to that nothing, appearance of nothing? There was form there, you were looking at form. You couldn't arrive at not form without the form being there. Okay. And if it wasn't for, not th- for those not forms, you can get form. That make sense? That's the third application. So this is the, the, the very fast-paced kind of thing going on here, and it's going to go faster. <laughs> so you get the you get that one right. Okay. Now the last one. So w- when you get to the first one, and I think it's uh, going. The second one is sort of. Help you not go to the what Warren was uh, w- warning about, about, getting to the point of oh nothing is what makes, uh, absolute nothing is what making up something. Okay, to make to follow to not go into that error, you you get to the to, to get to, the, to get to the second one. If it wasn't for all these, there is form there. Okay, there is form there. That's what you're examining. But. It has this very curious nature. When you really look for the form that's appearing there, you cannot find anything there. that's just form. So what do you have? Form is all everything that's not form coming together. That's the only way you can get form. How do you get your problems? It's not only somehow some discrete problem. It's a bunch of things that are really not problems coming together that gives a problem and because of that just like if you remove some of those things that are not form you will not have form uh, if you remove some of those things that are not the problem you have no problem that is the components that comes together by themselves are not the problem if you remove them if you can find the way of removing them you will have, have dismantled the problem Okay. If you take the glass, take away all those things that came together for the glass to exist, the glass will not exist. The only way for the glass to exist is for all those things which are not glass. I mean, is the person who, actually, is the person who made the glass glass, is the person necessary for the glass to, make the, for the glass to exist? Okay. So it's, it's like that. Okay. They're necessary parts, but they're not the thing itself. Move anything like if you don't like glass, well, stop bringing the start bringing, I don't know, what do you have? Sand and heat it up, or I don't know, what what, what do they use and heat, whatever they use to make glass, glass, okay, well, uh, glass, glass, <laughs> heat, and someone who, who can uh, we can shape it. Don't bring those things together. Okay, if you start bringing those things together, we're not gonna have glass. That's why you really need to look at the problem, so you can see its components. Okay. Now, emptiness is not other than its form. Is to tell you that they absolutely are intrinsically, uh, not intrinsically. What's that? Yeah. They cannot exist without each other. They need each other to exist. They're not in the not and the is. Okay. Now, the next one, the last one, is form. Also, is something that is then it's emptiness. It's basically saying, well, even though they absolutely need each other, they're not equal to each other. They're not form and form are uh, different. N- okay? Because if not form was form, what would you call it not form? You call it form. Okay? So that's the four, what's called the four applications. And the four applications that, you. this is the meditation that you have to do. With all the parts that makes you up, have it appear to your mind, and don't make up stuff. Okay, what really is being presented to you, that's what you allow, and then, and you hold on to the find. You're gonna find that part of you that sort of uh, uh, put it puts puts everything together as one, as as if it's a a unique, discrete, unique, discrete. whole entity
1: okay
0: once you have that then you go and see is that what is really there is that what is really there then you look at it and your search is to find what is appearing to you and nothing but what is appearing to you if you were to look at look at the glass you're going to look in there look at all those things that that brought this glass here and among all those things that brought glass here, which one of them is glass and nothing but glass? Well, I'm not talking about the glass and the material, i you know, the vessel.
1: Okay.
0: And if you want to look glass and material, but that's something else. Okay. So look at glass. Okay. Is the person who made it is glass? I mean, it's bad that, you know, it's the only thing. Cup is better.
1: <laughs> okay
0: you have to look at at it and you have to do the same You'll do it with your own body and each time you take a, a component and you say and you really see that it's not it's not com- completely discreetly glass or completely discreetly you completely discreetly your body then you have to really get rid of it I mean take it out of your mind okay it's not unnecessary it's not it's not the unique glass or the unique body I was looking for there must at that moment be two kinds of emotions happening there must be a sense of fear oh my god and it must be at an almost almost a contradictory emotion (sighs) sense of freedom the sense of freedom in the beginning is re- a sense that, okay, I have eliminated one thing. There now I have less thing to worry about to, get to, really, to really get there. And this sense of freedom is going to be overpowered by the fear because now you're having less thing to look at and you can't get to what is really for. so much confusion. What is really being presented to you as What is really there? What are you really looking at? For you to put the, for you to have the uh, ability to put a label on it?
2: A sensation?
0: A sensation, what kind of a sensation?
2: I mean, I guess the sensations themselves, themselves change regularly, but I never stop sensing. Okay,
0: so you never stop sensing. Why is that? again think of what is really appearing and this is the, this is very crucial I'm glad you stayed late
1: <laughs>
0: I'm forcing you but I'm glad you, did, I'm glad you volunteered <laughs> this is very crucial to really get to a real sense of I'm um, doing wisdom meditation okay first there must be a real emotional sense of I am Now, sort of this. So you, you take the emotional sense of I am, and then you sort of create a, a bit of a distance between you and that emotion. And now you just look at what is really appearing for me to say I am. What am I really looking at? Or look at. Okay, what is this? Paper. But okay, now I'm asking you, what is really appearing? What are you really looking at? The, the shape, the color, that's what's really appearing to you, and, you, and you're just calling it paper, and you think that paper is really there. You think that that's really paper. Now, this is the, this is the crucial. And, and on the surface, it may not make sense, but we're talking about deep unconscious convictions here. Okay? These are the things that are driving us to do what, whatever action we take. That you're sitting here because somewhere deep within you you're, con- you're at some level of, of conviction that there might be a solution to, my, to the problem i'm experiencing some level there's that level of con- some level of conviction of that okay and if you go home you uh you uh wh- whatever experience you had here you completely uh toss it aside it's because your conviction is driving you to do that because you're convinced there was really no solution found. Okay, The level of conviction I'm talking about is that deep. It drives you to do whatever you want whatever you, you're doing. If you get up in the morning, it's that conviction. If you stay in bed, it's that conviction. Okay, if you eat, it's because you're convinced eating will solve the problem of hunger.
1: Okay,
0: it's because you're convinced and the reason you eat what you eat is because you're convinced. It doesn't matter, you know, It's you know. Uh, there's advertisements saying that this thing is poisonous. You're not convinced yet. That's why you're eating that. Okay? Coffee is not good for you. Uh, what what do people know? Okay? You continue to drink coffee because you're convinced. There's some benefit for me in there. Okay, my liver is going, but there's a... There is... A, there is some benefit for me in there. And I'm convinced of that. And I'm not convinced that losing my liver is gonna somehow make me, you know, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be something bad. Okay. So, it's that level of conviction that you must get to. Okay, you must have, and it's an emotional experience. It's not some intellectual experience. It's an emotional reality. You must get to it. If you don't have those things there, no matter how much you intellectualize, no matter how much you're able to recite Nagarjuna to me and Chandra Kirti, bleh, it's not going to do anything for you. Your problem is going to be there, expanding, and have no solution for it. Okay? There must be those things. You must work hard at getting at those things. The emotion of what is being presented. Get to the emotion of it. What is being presented? What am I holding on in my mind as being, as being out, as being there, being presented to me? And then stop the emotion, Put the emotion to one side. Don't throw it away. Put it on one side, and just look. What am I calling this thing? Okay. And, this is and if if, if you uh, look at it, I mean, if you go deeper into this thing, what is really? You to you? there's a shape, there's color, right? That's what's appearing to you first, and then you, maybe you might be able to go a little bit more, a little bit. Uh, deeper into it and go, oh, it's connected. You know, there's wood, there's pulp, pulverized, smash chemicals, and all those kinds of things. But, what are you saying? Can you imagine if you were to tell me exactly what, what's here? It would take you at least a little bit of an eon to get to one percent of what's here. Okay? But, we can we can intellectually say, oh, of course, it comes from trees, it comes from people working and then fertilizer, the sun, da 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 da. da, da. Of course, but deep within us, uh-oh, there's only paper here. That's the that's where you have to get to the part of you that says there's only paper here. If you cannot get to that part, you're not, it, meditation and meditation is not going to do anything for you, because that's the part that you have to walk, you have to take. Walk and say, okay. Let's see paper. Let's see paper that you that you say is here. Only paper, okay. And when you when you when you start looking at it and you say, wait oh a minute. You don't say, you don't say, no. As oh, this thing, what's this thing called? Rectangle. Rectangle, right? You don't say paper. You say rectangle. Wait oh a minute. That's what oh Is it paper here? How can I just said rectangle? And then. You keep looking, f- and you keep looking, keep looking, what's appearing before you. Eventually, you don't see just paper, okay? That's arriving at the ultimate nature of what's appearing before you. And before you get uh, sidetracked into, uh, you know, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some meditators, they would get to that point and say, whoopee, I found uh, the ultimate nature of thing. nothing. Nothingness. Take a bunch of nothing together, and then that's what you get. That's how you get something. Before you before you go that, you go back. Wait a minute. There's paper here. If it wasn't, that's what I'm examining. It's right here. Okay. Then it's, it's, that, it's that meditator you hear about who was meditating on 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 uh, on himself, and then really looking for himself. First, he had to find out the sense of himself. Okay. There's a sense of himself, what is really here. And, and they're completely different. What is really here and what the sense of the self is. And eventually he couldn't find it. And when he arrived at that, he had to go back and he started you know, poking himself. Okay, started pinching himself. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right, pain. Oh, yeah, I exist. <laughs> okay. So. But I lost it. <laughs> what is really appearing in front of you that you're calling consciousness? Okay, I'll I'll, get, I'll, I'll break it, I'll help you this way. I'm not gonna go any further. <laughs> what we call consciousness is that there's the appearance of of sound. What we're calling consciousness is there's the appearance of colors and shape. What we're calling appearance uh, a, a consciousness, and then we can go on. But remember, we were looking for consciousness, the sense of there's this one thing. And instead, when you really look at what's appearing in front of you, what you're calling this, this like you know, very uh, mystical thing called consciousness, it's just there's, there's the appearance of color, there's the appearance of shape, there's this appearance of sounds. That's what you're calling, that's what makes you say, ah, consciousness. It's not that there is consciousness, and then on top of the consciousness, the consciousness is holding those things. It's those very appearances that make you say, ah, consciousness. But somewhere deep within us, we think that there is consciousness, and then it's, we're putting stuff on top of it. We're putting some colors, and, colors and shape, we're putting sound, and there's this underlying thing called consciousness. Okay, so that's, that's, that's what you have to do with when you get to consciousness. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh boy! very, very sorry. Well, that's the you fo- have to do this the same thing we just did. We have to do with every single thing that appears to you as when you say me, when you, the sense of me. Okay, what's appearing? What what is really there that I'm saying? Putting the label me on. Okay. And then you look at them. Is that is that what this? I'm feeling as me. Is this what? Is that what th- this appearance is? Okay. When I'm feeling as me, this appearance is that what this appearance is? Okay. Then you have to do it with every part. And also Shriputra. The nature of all entities is emptiness. They have no characteristics. That's the second path. <laughs> the first path, path of accumulation, was just what we went through. You are just accumulating. You're not seeing emptiness directly yet. Okay. You're just accumulating the momentum. And the second one, you're starting to... Uh, you're, 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 you're very, very, very sharp at staying focused. You're very, very sharp at staying centered while your mind is going, holding on to this intense, wanting to know what's, what's appearing in front of me. And there's a, there's a point where there's you arrive at a nothing but the nothing is not so... Uh, I mean, the appearance of nothing. Okay, There's an appearance of nothing when in the, in the beginning there was an appearance of something. Okay? And you're looking for that something that's appearing to you, instead you end up with an appearance of nothing. They, that thing that, that appeared to you is gone. You can't really find it anymore. When there is that appearance of not that thing anymore, in the beginning, there's a, a sense of distance between what you have found and in your, in your, in your, in your experience. Okay. But there is that, it's called, okay, scholastically, the generic. That's the generic. That's what they call in the generic. The very appearance of nothing. But the very appearance of nothing arrived at looking for something. You can't just take space and expect it to, to, uh, to, to reach uh, liberation with it. You can reach very high levels of meditation with it, because is somewhat of an object to contemplate. But this nothing, this appearance of nothing that you arrive at, you must arrive at it through looking by looking for something. Okay? That appearance of nothing will have an impact on you. At first, not so much. Then there'll be the kind of fear, the kind of slowly building up, but first, uh, coupled with a sense of, of uh, relief because you know they have less things to, to look at okay like oh count, oh, count this uh, bucket of models. okay at the beginning is very daunting very scary okay and when you finish when you're uh, finishing the task getting close to finishing the task you say oh, oh there's less, less left okay so something like that not quite but it's the only thing I can think of right now <laughs> so the next paragraph has to do with no characteristics, no do not arise, do not perish, no beauty. Take the same; it's the same thing. Take those things that are being said. Okay. No, what are, What are what is this thing that you're calling characteristic? You do the same thing with what you did with the form. What is this thing that you're calling form? So now you're going to a more abstract. And the thing with the abstract is that the abstract seems to be more universal. They seem to have a sense of. They seem to hold onto the sense of u- discreteness and uniqueness more strongly than the, the than the grosser things. Like you take form, for example, you can sort of immediately break it break it apart. Okay, but things that are more abstract seems to have a nature of 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 uh stableness. Like you cannot really break them up uh, break them apart. Okay, so and you and then when you. The same thing, you have characteristic in front of me. What am I calling? I'm saying characteristic. What's the emotion? What is really appearing in front of me me that I'm saying characteristic? Okay, in that thing that is appearing in front of me, can I find just characteristic? What characteristic? The feeling that I have that's characteristic. Can I just find that in what's appearing before me? So that's why it says, no. No, it's history. It's not history. Oh, never mind. I forgot the term. That's why they say they have no characteristics. Do not arise. So you're looking at arise. Perish, looking at perish, looking at impurity, looking at free of impurity. You're looking at do not diminish, looking at increase. Okay, just briefly saying. Free of impurity. That very state of free of impurity. What is appearing for you to say, for you to be able to say free of impurity? A bunch of things that are not free of impurity come together, then you have free of impurity. Uh, the, the, the most more immediate thing you can think of when you think of free of impurity is uh, uh, what you call that ethics. I just said ethics. Is that free of impurity? Is that the same thing? No. no. Ethics is ethics, and free of impurity is something else. But in order for you to have free of impurity, ethics must be, must be a component. Okay. So bring ethics, brings the other stuff that accompanies, that should accompany it, then you have free of impurity. Okay. Just like if it wasn't for the tree, if it wasn't for all those things, there would not be paper. If it wasn't for all those component things, there would not be a state called free of impurity. And that's good news. We can achieve it. Let's get those stuff together, man. (laughs) Okay, sorry, quickly. Uh, The next paragraph is The Path of Seeing. We're almost done. And I'm I'm really going to stop here, so, uh, and hope that we can continue some other time with this, because it's a lot of information, right? path of seeing. (coughs) Because of that, Roshadiputra, what is the experience when one is in the experience of the path of seeing? What is the experience when one is in the direct perception of the true nature of reality? What is the experience when you are looking for form really and then you end up, what you ultimately end up with? What is that appearance? If you're looking for form, you find no form. If you're looking for feeling, you find no feeling and there is no discrimination, there, there is no compositional factor, there is no consciousness in there is no I, in there, in the ear that's appeared to you there is no ear, in the nose that was, that would appear to you when you were looking for it there is no nose in the tongue that was appeared to you, and there is no tongue, there is no body even the mind that appeared to you, whatever it was that was appeared to you that you are saying mind when you look at it, there is no mind there,
2: okay? There is no
0: discrete thing that you can find that you can say, oh, mind, and only mind. Of course, there's something appearing that that makes you say mind, but when you really look at it, it has this curious nature, you cannot find it anymore. No mind, no visible form, no sound, no scent, no taste, no tangible object, no object of consciousness. So that's the experience, okay? As uh, so far as the books are concerned, we've got to cover the books. Uh, this is stating that in the direct perception of emptiness, there is only the appearance of the ultimate. No conventional uh, appearance can be there, can be found there. Another way of stating it, there is not a thing that appears that you can put a label on when you are in the direct perception of the ultimate. Another way of stating it, there is not a... Thing that you can make a positive statement about when you're in a direct perception of emptiness. The only thing that appears is just that appearance. I can't find anything. I mean it sounds a bit uh, vague but unfortunately that's what it is. <laughs> but the impact is just unbelievable. Okay. For the first time in your life, you're seeing truth. It's not that uh, it's not that the things that were appearing were lying to you. It's not that form was saying, hey, look at me, I'm form. You are saying it was form. It was just shape, colors, you know, just, just information. And you're the one who was saying, oh, that's form, that's feeling, that's discrimination, okay? But because it was a conviction that that is form. that is such and such. That word, that, that's where the lie was. Then, then finally, when you remove that, then you get to, ah, the truth. This thing that I thought was real, is not real. That's the truth you're discovering. It's not that there's this beautiful, bright thing appearing to your mind. Sorry, if I, this is a disappointment to some of you. It's not that all of a sudden there's this incredible vista appears to you and then i don't know uh, b- little buddha has come to you and wearing golden this and that and they take you to a valley you know with a,
1: you
0: know, a bunch of all these guys it, it, that's, not what it's, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what the truth is supposed to be okay the truth is what you thought was true is not true that. There's not a thing there that you can s- say any positive statement about, or that you cannot make any concrete statement about. You cannot say, oh it's blue, or it's yellow. You cannot make any statement about it. Okay, That's, that's what th- this, this is saying in the, in the direct perception of emptiness, the third path. And I said I would stop there, I'm stopping there. <laughs> <laughs> But well, we could have covered the Hatsutra in such a way that we're basically reading a book to you. Uh, and I think that you're all very intelligent. You've gone, you've gone beyond grade school. You can go to a book and read. Okay. So I don't think that's... You, you came here to have a book read to you. So I try to give you more of a, the emotional aspect of it and the emotional aspect uh, cannot really be uh, 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 directly conveyed in the book. want to come back here next Tuesday yes, and continue? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay, so the uh, the fourth path,
0: the path of arbitration, the path of meditation, I guess that's where we're supposed to be. Uh, application of the elixir. <laughs> okay. And uh, if you really approach it that way, you can have a taste Of it, I'm not talking about you know uh, that means okay now you're, you're going to get a certificate that says now you're an Aria or anything like that. <laughs> but you can have a taste of it, where you have a, 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 a sense of a conviction that ah, if I continue this way, I'm going to get somewhere. You can get to a taste of it. Okay,
1: I'm
0: not guaranteeing it, but I'm saying that uh, it, it, it's something that you can have. Okay, so maybe uh, next Tuesday when we. G- do more meditation.
2: Tuesday, I'll talking. Okay. All right. So, okay.
0: Next, we will continue next Tuesday. all right, So, we have to just do the education. We're gonna have time. Uh, and again, uh, very, very, very sorry. with the possessor, okay, Uh, and the the thing is the only struggle you will have is the struggle of letting it be. Let me explain that uh, better. It will not be a struggle of finding there all the time <laughs> okay it's something that you have to create something that you need Nagajuna to help you to help you uh, get to okay it's always there you just have to feel it and sometimes the way the, the way you feel it it's somebody you just say your name and then try to see what comes up what emotion what sense comes up when you say your name okay and it, it should feel like something that is discreet unique something that that if you oh there it is if I look if it's right there if I look look for it I'm gonna f- just find it. You must have that sense come with it, and it must be some kind of an emotion. It's an emotional thing. Okay. Uh, sometimes the the the, the meditation manual say uh, uh, think, recall, and relive an event that was very very emotional. Made you very happy, or something that made you very sad, or something something where you had very very strong emotions, and then try to relive it, and it will help you have that sense of ah, there's me, there's that discreet unique me, okay, and then and then when you when as you hold it, if you're able to hold on to it, and even it appears for just a brief second that sense, and try to say try to say try to tell yourself, okay, what am I really seeing that I'm, that I'm, that I'm sensing as this, this? What am I really seeing? What, is, what sense, okay, this is a, a clue, what sense perceptions is giving me the clue that there is this thing, there is this me? Okay. And you must have that emo- strong emotion that this me, this emotion that you just came up, completely, totally exists and you're going to approve it. Without that, forget it. You're just going to come back and maybe you might be a great scholar, write a book, write a dissertation, and you have no idea what, what you're talking about from an experiential pr- perspective. Okay. You, can, you can explain Nagarjuna, but... I mean explain Nagarjuna in terms of saying, this is what Jasokappa said, this is what Soroso so said, this is what Soroso said, do so, what so 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 said. And all you're saying is that, hey, I read a lot. <laughs> Not I meditated a lot.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Right. Huh, was that an answer? Okay, Okay. right. Good. Right, let's dedicate.
2: <laughs> so whatever you were
0: able to get since you were an expression of gratitude to that.